Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome indeed. Welcome, welcome. This is Dick Crawford, and that introduction this morning was from today's guest, Steve Padilla from the greater Phoenix area in Arizona. Steve and I have trained in the same network here for many, many years and broken bread many times, and we truly enjoy our work together uh, in, in the American West. This is uh, a wonderful opportunity for our listeners to get to know Steve and get to know that greater Phoenix area that he serves. So Steve, how's life in the big city or on the outskirts of the big city? What's going on with you? Oh, it's crazy. We uh it's just it's just crazy. We're booming. Listings are selling in a day, multiple offers. It's crazy time right now. Okay. That's that seems to be the uh the the answer I'm getting from a lot of people across the country. So let's just jump right in. Uh why or how did you get into the real estate business and and get yourself to this point in your career? Well, I, I actually shattered my wrist in a skydiving accident, and the doctor told me that I wouldn't, I'm not going to be able to do manual labor anymore. I'm going to have to find something else to do. And I was sitting there recovering from my, my wrist injury because I couldn't work, and I watched an infocommercial. And this infocommercial was on buying and trading notes. And um, all that did was show me that I needed a real estate license. And from there, I, I decided to sign up for real estate school. When I was in school, I just, it was all my years of construction. Everything I did in my life was kind of pointing me to that moment of getting my license. And then um, not really how, realizing how hard it was to start, you know, um, that's kind of was my start. I got my license. Um, first two years were, well, the first year, I would say, was really kind of just stumbling around, finding my way till I, I became a buyer's agent on a team. And that's where I got my foothold and just took off from there. All right. That's a great story. A shattered wrist and an infomercial. Yep. I love that. That's very good. Yeah. And, you, and yep. then, of course, looking back, all the points or all the dots connected because you've got that background in construction. That's right. Now, now, before we go too much further, I always ask uh, three very quick questions. Um, what is your approach to the business? So everything I do is it's, it's nurturing relationships, one at a time. And um, so my biggest success this year has been from one relationship that I met, a business relationship. I just took off. His business was taken off. And it just led to great things. And it's just amazing how you just help people, you know. You know, Zig Ziglar says you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And my whole business is based on helping people. It, you know, it's, it's just helping. And uh, what's and odd is that the best thing I'm probably – I'm primarily a listing agent, but I realize that because of my construction background – um, no one shows a house better than I do. I, I know how to show them all the roof designs and everything that they're looking for. And I pretty much I show one person one house, and they'll never leave me because they know I've got their best interests at, 
at stake, and I can show them, yes, we don't, this is why we don't want this one, and this is why we want this one, you know? It just all comes together. You know, 24 years in the business, it just all comes together. So. That's a, that's a great story because uh, there's other other aspects that that or other lives that people live before they get into real estate, and it's amazing how yep. we do apply our expertise in whatever it is we we do, um, how we apply that expertise to real estate, um, and yep. that's that's a great great point. Good value that you have for for listing uh, listing homes as well as selling homes. Absolutely. So, as realtors, we wear a lot of different hats, um, and it runs the gamut. Uh, what is one of your favorite hats that you like to wear during the process in working with someone? So, I love to negotiate. I I love. It's almost like a game to me, and I and I polish that skill constantly. By and I polish it by teaching others that skill. I break down PowerPoints and and explain negotiation process to business leaders. I'm a big B&I guy, Business Networking International, and I just came off a year of Education Coordinator where I, I did 50 PowerPoints over the last year educating them on, and my favorite one in that would be the negotiation piece. And, you know, just the thing, part of mastery is to teach it to other people. So I love teaching that to other people as well. I was going to say, um, sounds like you're you're a teacher at heart, and you happen to really enjoy the negotiation piece. So teaching negotiation skills is a natural for you. Absolutely, you know. Well, teaching is part of the negotiation process too. So you know, you're. That's right. You're doing, yeah. What um, What do you do to help your clients feel comfortable during the process of buying or selling a home? So I'm. The other thing I think I'm very good at is contracts. When, when I can explain the process to you, it, it takes away, you know, the, a, a great mentor of mine was uh, Howard Britton, and uh, I was lucky enough to be in a buyer specialization class with him, one of his first ones he ever did, and he decided to pick on me all day, and I was, at that, I was quite the introvert, introvert at that time, and he, and he got right in my face, and he said, Steve, why can't the magician pull the rabbit out of the hat? And I said, I don't know. He goes, because he put it in there before he started the show. And then we went into handling objections. So if I can handle all your objections or things that are going to come up in the transaction before it happens, then that's how – then everyone feels comfortable. They all know what's going to happen next. And yes. so moving forward, you know – it's just it just makes the process easier when you when you know we talked about this. This is why this is happening, and the only oh yeah, we remember. So it's just handling the objections before they happen makes the process easier. Absolutely, no surprises. It gives them comfort, yep. it gives them trust, yep. uh, all those good things. Yep. Uh, and and that again lends it or um, addresses the idea that you're a teacher. Uh, so you like to teach them in advance, uh, basically, is what that's doing. That's, uh, okay. So, Teacher Steve, you, now you yeah. are in the greater Phoenix area, and what does that mean when somebody's looking at the map in terms of the area, the cities that you serve? Um, if somebody's looking at the Phoenix area, where do they find the areas that you serve? 
So if you look at Phoenix, Phoenix is in a valley, right? We call it the Valley of the Sun. And Phoenix is like the central metro part of the valley. And then all around the outside of it, you got Glendale, Chandler, Gilbert, Mesa, Tempe. I worked that whole greater area. The Basically, it encompasses the largest county in Arizona, which is Maricopa County. So born and raised here, I know the whole area. And then, you know, my dad was a union carpenter for 50 years. Well, back then, you know, I didn't sit around home in the summer. I got up in the morning and went to work with my dad. So <laughs> all those years, you know, I know the I know the area really well. You know, so I work I, I'll work wherever. If someone needs my help, I'll help them in that area. Yes, we uh, in this network that we uh, so dearly love, we work uh, primarily by referral. So we it right. does it does does kind of take us uh, to different areas. Um, and that's another reason why we know so much about a lot of areas is because we, we get taken there just by referral. Is that the case with you? Yeah, so there, there, there could be some places like Payson, Prescott. Those are different MLSs that I'm a part of, so those would be out of my area. But per, pretty much the greater Phoenix area, I can handle that whole area there, Maricopa County, I can handle that pretty well. All right. And sometimes good. I do. Sometimes I'm all over the valley, you know, 100 miles in one day. <laughs> yes. I, I interviewed uh, a um, great agent up, up in Prescott. And um, so it's just nice to know that when you, when you don't serve an area particularly well or you feel you wouldn't be able to do a good enough job for the client, it is nice to know that we've got uh, connections in other, other adjacent areas as well. And that, Absolutely—that's uh, what we need to do. Just pass people along if we can't do the do the best job for them. Uh, what, now, what's your area like? Uh, what can somebody expect in the Greater Phoenix area? What what kinds of things are going on down there? So, out west, so Scottsdale is pretty much maxed out. They're they're up against the Indian Reservation. So, if you ever fly over at night, you'll see you'll see lights going and then it'll just turn dark, and that's because that's where the reservation starts. So Scottsdale's kind of maxed up, maxed out. The West Valley, though, Arizona is very warehouse friendly, and we have warehouse after warehouse after warehouse going up, tilt-up slabs. So you'll drive by and there's nothing there, and then they start tilting up those slabs and there's this gigantic warehouse there. So we have, you know, unbelievable jobs here you know, if you're that type of work. But we also have Luke Air Force Base out on the west side. Um, that brings in a lot of, you know, international business to our community. And with the warehouses and the trucking, you know, this is where everyone comes. The taxes are fairly reasonable for businesses to be running and operating, so they like that. A lot of California companies are moving over here and setting up their hubs and distribution centers as well. Right. So a lot of business coming over here. Well, you've got, got a the, lot of uh, jobs. You've you've got Highway 10 running right through town, and that's the uh, the southern artery of the country. So that makes perfect sense that you'd have a lot of warehouses and and uh, and such. So that that's good. So a lot of vibrant vibrant businesses going on with distribution and things like that. Um, what about the uh, 
the environmental um, things like mountains and valleys and you know the valley of the sun what else is going on from a from a um, from a terrain standpoint so we're desert we're kind of high desert so we'll have the saguaros and the jumping cactus and and it's hot you know um, the last two days have been 90s here and here and we're in November so yeah. we had 93 on Monday we had 90 yesterday and we're just setting these record highs. I don't ever, I've lived here my whole life, I don't ever remember 90s in November. And not, not November, the middle of November. And um, so it's, it's hot in Arizona. If you can stand the heat, it's a really nice place to be. We, we haven't had rain in about 100 days. And it's dry. It's, it's like Groundhog's Day. There's usually not a cloud in the sky every day. So it's nothing <laughs> okay. but sunshine. And, okay. and you've got mountains, you've got lakes, you've got rivers, uh, you've got snakes, and you've got, you know, critters out here, too, here in the desert. We've got the scorpions, we've got, you know, termites, all that stuff out here. Um, but it can be the nicest place to leave. And it's really spread out, too. So we're very flat. Yes. And we don't have a lot of skyscrapers. So, you know, you can see a long ways in the valley here. And, so, and what, very spread. what's the, what's the vibe you've got, uh, you got the college at Tempe. What's the overall vibe uh, throughout that, that greater Phoenix area? Well, Tempe is a college town, right? Um, somewhere the parent of the, of, you know, Scottsdale would be your, more of your upper end area. The west side is kind of easy living, relaxed style living. We have, because of our weather, we, you know, it's so dry. Um, we, our adult communities are huge out here. So we have the Sun Cities out here, Pebble Creek, Westbrook Village. These are 55-plus communities. So for golfing, you can golf year-round here. If you can take the heat, you can golf year-round here. Sure. But um, it's just... It's just incredible weather that draws people here, especially now. People are, you know, people who would be snowed in can come to Arizona and golf. And you yes. know, I've had, I've got golf clientele. They're, they're here strictly to golf. They don't care about anything else. They just want a place where they can come and golf. And golf and, at, um, at the drop of a hat. Yep, everywhere. So, so that's, that's big business here. Like our winter visitors, we call them snowbirds. They're all yep. now. The snowbirds aren't coming in as much because of COVID. Um, Canadians aren't coming down. They can't, right. you know. So there's a whole um, there's less traffic than usual this time of year because we just don't have all the people coming back that would normally come back during this yes. time of year. Okay. Now, because you're flat, uh, there's an opportunity for sprawl, and you made a point that. Yep. Uh, Scottsdale is bumping up against the reservation, um, right. so you probably have a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of mix, if you will, of, of urban, suburban, rural. Uh, is that fair to say? You know, talk about that for a minute. Yeah, rural's kind of going away a little bit. Um, the land is pretty much out west where the new construction is going, and and north, north of the valley. There's land out there, no reservations, so they can keep going with their urban sprawl out there. Yeah, when you, when you get to Scottsdale, the East Valley, that kind of maxes out, and then there's not as much new construction there. 
but there's there is a lot of building going on, and you know they the new builds have the pressure too. Very little spec inventory, meaning homes that the builder has started or maybe a buyer bought and fell out, those get snatched up right away because of the demand in the market. But there is a lot of new product developments out here. They're just further west and south, west and north, northwest. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, give a couple of, uh, of city names that you're talking about in the south and, and northwest. Buckeye would be one. That would be your – so best bang for your buck would be Buckeye, right? That's the best. You can get more house for the money than anywhere. Buckeye, and then as you step back, coming towards Phoenix, you got Goodyear, Litchfield Park, Glendale, Peoria, uh, North Peoria – Peoria's building, um, that's going to be more expensive. Uh, the further north you go, the more expensive it is. The further south and west you go, the less expensive it is. And so those are the cities out west. Even Waddell and Surprise would be another um, city, some cities that are west, Phoenix. Okay. And then you could get some construction back in the Queen Creek, Santan Valley is a destination community, which is the southeast part of the valley, and they're building a lot out there. And what I mean by destination community is that you just don't drive by it. I mean, you have to actually be designed to be going that way. There's no major thoroughfare there or anything. It's, it's, it's a destination. You're going there because either you want cheap living, and they got some adult communities out there as well. They have a Del Webb Matham out there, and actually it's, it's considered um, Lawrence now, part of that. But that's the Sandtown Valley and the southeast region of the, the greater Phoenix area here. And yeah, I sold out there. Yeah. I see on the uh, I see on the map there's and it's Sandtown, two words: right. San, Sandtown Mountain right. Regional Park and Sandtown Valley. And looks like yep. there's uh, some green space and a and a, a golf club and and a few things yep. there. But yes, it's not a major highway. It's I think it's called the Hunt Highway, and yep. um, looks like it's it's a little bit remote. But that might be exactly what people want. So that's good to know. Absolutely, yep. good to know. Okay, what are uh, some of the popular activities during the year other than golf? Um, uh, you know, what what do people do? What, what do the locals do to stay active throughout the year? So just about anything, a lot of mountain bike riding, you know, a lot of bike riding. Uh, they, they do, you know, we've got lakes out here, so there's triathlons and, and runs, 10K runs that they do. But there's, so biking, I, I myself hunt and fish quite a bit, so I like to do that. I have a boat, and I, we go to some of the lakes here and fish, and we go up north and, and hunt when we can. And... I think a lot of people will come like this time of year. If, so if COVID wasn't going on, we'd be in football season, right? We have ASU football in Tempe. We've got the Cardinals in Glendale. We have uh, the hockey over here in Glendale as well. And people love the sports, you know, and people fly in during this time of year, usually to go to the games. But, um, you know, they're kind of, everything is shut down right now. Right. So, and, and you've got but, a fun You've got a phenomenal spring training uh, going on. Oh, normally. baseball! Yeah, pro baseball. Is, and that, that is, also, yeah, got got hammered. You know, it was everything was starting to take off, and then they 
you know, they cut right. it down. Right. But yeah. But over the last. That's, that's why a lot of, you know, a lot of prices in uh, Airbnb type listings for during that time. You can't find one. Right. Everybody's coming here for yeah. But that has really grown over the last, I don't know, maybe maybe a couple of decades. Uh, all the pro sports teams have, have come out of Florida and and uh, in the southeast area, and they've come to uh, to the Sun Belt um, or to the to the Phoenix area. Is that fair to say? You've got a pretty good smattering of them now. Uh, the, the facilities that we have are just amazing for the baseball teams, and you know we really cater to that. And that because of that, we've got pretty much, much most of all the Major League Baseball teams out there, out here. What the, I'd say the turning point of that was, was when the Cubs won the World Series. After the Cubs won the World Series, oh, it just blew up, sold out spring training games. And before, you know, spring training, you can get a really cheap ticket, go in there and be, you know, right next to the players and watching them. You know, that was the draw of spring training. Yeah. Now we're seeing all the clubs games get sold out, you know, which is in uh, Goodyear. And then, you know, you got the Astros up in uh, a surprise, and uh, not the Astros, but the Rangers and the White Sox and, you know, practicing over here. The Diamondbacks are in Scottsdale. But um, just amazing facilities to go see a spring training game here. I mean, just beautiful outdoor facilities. Now, now you, you just named off some cities that are on the map you know, and the, the, the distances aren't huge, but on the map, they're spread apart. Surprise is up in the northwest, and, and Scottsdale, of course, is a little bit to the east. And I, think you said, I think you said Goodyear, and that's a little bit to the west. Um, so yep. I, I've never been out there for spring training. I, I didn't realize that they were, you know, quote-unquote, that spread out. I thought it was a little more centralized. But that's, that's phenomenal. That makes it really fun because you're going all over the place oh, to, these, to these games. Correct. Yep. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so why are people relocating to, to the area? Uh, retirement, job transfer, cost of living, things like that? So our property taxes are pretty low. You know, all in all, you know, the system that we use for property taxes here is basically they, they, they take, take the group of homes in your subdivision and they average them out and they use a formula to do that. So if your taxes go down, which they did in the recession, your, you know, your prices go down, so do the property taxes. They follow that, uh, which, which that's why it put Arizona in a, in a, the government in a pretty tough situation because even though the, the housing values went down, the property taxes went down, the infrastructure to run the state did not go down, and they rely on those property taxes. Yes. So. We're pretty good at um, holding that bar there. They keep trying to change it, and and we keep voting it down. And uh, I think that's a big draw. Um, I think our dry air, you know, uh, you hear the joke, it's a dry heat, and it really is a dry heat. I see people come in from moist climates, and they'll come here, and I'll tell them, oh, has your nose started bleeding yet? And they'll say, no, why would my nose bleed? And then all of a sudden it starts bleeding. It's because it's so dry, it dries out your membrane and your nose yes. starts bleeding. Yes. And um, so I think our climate for elderly people who may have arthritis, you know, the, the, the heat and the sun really helps them out, gets them, you know, the, that climate 
change here, this dry air in the desert. And, you know, it's not that bad. I mean, it is a dry heat. And what I mean by that, there's no humidity. So if it's, if it's 110 outside, you get in your car, you're cooled off. You come inside, you're cooled off. You know, you, you, that humidity, for me, if I, when I go to San Diego, I'm dying because I'm not used to the humidity and I'm sweating too much there, and I can't seem to cool myself off. Okay. But um, that's just because I've in Arizona all my life. But I think the weather is a big draw. I think our low taxes and um, now we don't have the income, say that uh, that you can you know the high paying jobs like California has. But there are it's it's you know you can sell your house in California and come over here and, and pay cash for for a house in Arizona. And you're done. And if that if you're near retirement age, that that can be very attractive to a lot of people. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. That's um, a good smattering of reasons, and uh, none of those were surprises to me because we've gotten the word uh, about Arizona for a few years now. So you've you've got the uh, cost of living, taxes, housing affordability. Uh, got some wide open spaces. You got spring training, and we can—that's the punchline right there. <laughs> um, so, for those um, for those remote workers, are you seeing a lot of people um, move in because they like all of those things we just mentioned, and they can work remotely, or is it not quite as prevalent? I, I would say most of the jobs are going to be surrendered around driving and warehouse work. Um, Maybe not as much remote jobs, you know, maybe for a few positions, but they're mostly blue-collar jobs, I would say, that people are coming here for. And, um, and then every once in a while, you know, there, there'll be a lot of um, um, corporate jobs as well. The corporate jobs where you're going to be working remotely mostly, but a lot of the jobs like working in the warehouse is being a reach driver or forklift driver or 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 a driver for, you know, semi-driver moving these loads around. There's lots of work for that. There. Okay. And and what about the building industry? Uh, I know that the price of materials and such and the availability of materials might be having, might be uh, giving it a hard time, but uh, what about the building industry? Is there uh, good employment opportunities there? Oh, as much as you want. They're, they're, they're just looking for people to show up. So... <laughs> If you're in construction, I'm not kidding you. They need people to build these houses. They're, you know, that's build the houses. There's tons of commercial work, like the tilt-up slabs that I was telling you about for the warehouses. Those guys are they're, that's constant going on, just constantly. I was there's a section of the off the 10. There's a 303 loop. And if, when you go north from the 10 on the 303 loop, that's where all these new warehouses are popping up, which used to be filled. Um, so I'm a little concerned about our agriculture going away, but uh, that's just, right. you know, the price of development. Right. No, exactly. Okay, good. So so uh, as those jobs uh, increase and the and the building goes on and such, it just generates the need for other other services and and things like that. So it 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 feeds on itself. So it's a vibrant economy. It sounds like to me with a lot of different opportunities. It is. It is. And and in the mix of uh, people, you've you've got retirees. You got working uh, you know, blue collar, as you say. You've got um, the office work. 
uh, kind of things. Uh, you got families. Uh, any other any other things in the mix? What what can you say about the mix of the new people coming in? So, a lot of Californians coming in. Um, the Californians are either going to come to Arizona if they could take the heat, or usually go up into Idaho. If, if you know, we have a lot of conservative people coming in from other states. They don't necessarily like the way things are going, so they're moving here from other states. And we're getting a lot of Michigan people from Michigan coming over, and like I said, California. And sometimes people go to uh, New Mexico, but New Mexico is really rural and, and sparse, you know. Right. But um, but pretty much we're we're seeing that migration. And then every once in a while from Washington and Oregon, you'll see some people come down. Uh, that's more of a weather thing. They, they're tired of the rain or they're at a point with their health that they can't take the cold, damp moisture anymore. Yes. And so they'll come to Arizona. So okay. So plenty of good East Coast reasons. goes to Florida. The, the West Coast goes comes to Arizona. Yeah. Is that what, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> Everybody yeah. from New York goes to Florida. Everybody uh, – Right. Everybody in the West comes south to Arizona, and they used to come to yeah. Southern California, not quite as much anymore because of the the cost of living and such. But um, Arizona is yeah. definitely a draw. Yeah. Well, how can a new resident get involved in the community? What what kinds of things can they do beyond standard, you know, Rotary Club and church groups and such? Well, there's there's tons of things to do because our our because so, we have the sports teams now. We got the Suns, the the Diamondbacks, the Coyotes, the Cardinals, th those teams will always, they're always doing charity work. I do charity work. I, um, I, I'm, because I'm Remax, and we're big with the Children's Miracle Network, so we're always plugging into that. And I'm doing Pi Day this Sunday where I give all my clients, they're doing a drive-by in our parking lot, and we're asking to bring a can of food for the St. Mary's Food Bank. I'm really big on food, so I like to, you know, make sure during this time that, you know, I like to, I call it giving and giving back, you know, where we can, as a community, we can, we can donate cans of food for the food bank and then they can distribute them to the people who could use some help this time of year. And I no, think okay. it's so important this time to be thankful and give food, make sure everybody has plenty of food on their table this year. No, absolutely. This time of year and, as you just said, this year in particular. Um, yeah. And that, that, you know, that's a really good idea. I, I've, I'm doing my uh, my pie giveaway as well, and we're doing a doing a um, drive through just like you are. But I will say that I've I've never done the food drive aspect of it, and I I really like that. So thank you for that idea. I'm sure I've heard it before, but it kind of hit home just now as you described it. So I think I'll be uh, I'll be doing that in the future for sure because that's that's a very yeah. good point. We give and we receive, and we got to just make sure we're giving back in any way we can. Yep. Um, back to the growth. How how's the community handling the growth? What uh, what's going on? You know, locally, are 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 people handling it well? Is there congestion? How's that working out? So the biggest congestion you're going to have is on the highways is traffic congestion. So yeah, the our um, we built some new freeways that uh, help the 202 loop that now wraps around South Mountain. Uh, that that 
project came out ahead of schedule, which is really odd in our northern loops 303, those help out quite a bit. Arizona is just a series of loops that you can get around the, the valley with. But, you know, towards 4 or 5 o'clock, it starts backing up. Just like, you know, nothing compared to L.A. traffic or anything. You could still get through it, but there's a lot. And then, you know, as the weather gets better, like in November, like now, usually we see the traffic double on us. And it's just not happening that year, this year, because I just think because of COVID, people aren't coming back um, like they normally would. And uh, they're just, you know, travel restrictions for the Canadians. And there's a lot of Canadians that come here during this time of year. And uh, that they have bought houses here in the recession, and they just love it here, you know. But they have, they're only here for six months, and then they're back. And uh, so, but not so much so this they year. They're just not coming this year. Yeah, they're not coming this year. And, and a lot of people back east as well are not coming. You know, it's it's nice to hear, and I've I've heard this a few times before that uh, Phoenix has taken great pains to make sure that the freeways are, you know, continue to, to support the growth, if you will. Um, and I've heard that there's larger right-of-ways, and of course, you got the 101, the 202, the 303, all these loops to keep things, mm -hmm. you know, sane, if you will. Um, right. I've heard that a few times, that the the greater Phoenix area does quite well in handling the growth, planning for the growth. Almost like they took a took a card out of the uh, California deck because, you know, 50 years ago, we had no idea what was going to be happening, or 70 years ago, no idea what was going to be happening um, in Southern California. It really, over the years, kind of took us by surprise. We didn't have the quite the right-of-ways, and it's been a real pain, literally, to uh, support the growth uh, in the freeway system. So it sounds like Phoenix has got their act together in that regard. Is that, well, is that, fair, is that fair to say for, uh, by, a, by a resident such as yourself? Yes and no. So cause when, I, when I travel to Southern California, your transit system, though, you know, you know, for people who don't have cars, is great compared to what we have. We have, other than a bus system and a, and a light rail system that doesn't do much, um, you're pretty much, we're, like I said, we're so spread out, you have to have a car here. You know, right. to get around. The one thing about Arizona is that there's it's pretty much free parking everywhere. You know, everywhere you go, you're not paying for a parking to park in a parking lot. You can you park everywhere for free here, just about, unless you go to a resort or something like that. But um, that's the only thing I would say that we're kind of lagging behind in our um, transit system. You know, as far as buses and trains, like you're way advanced compared. California is okay. way more. We are. Yeah. You've been you've been leading on the car culture uh, like we did in the early going, and uh, mm -hmm. so you haven't got the quite quite the secondary stuff that that you need like buses and things like that. Okay. Yeah, they're they're trying, but it doesn't seem to take up any. It, it doesn't seem to like make a difference. You know, there's a there's a couple people I guess they use the light rail, and some people use the bus system, but that's pretty much it for us. You know, we don't have a lot of trains or ways to get around other than you better have your own car, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough when you're on just a, such a vast grid, and that's what Phoenix uh, certainly looks like on the map is one big vast grid. That's very tough to do public transportation uh, when it's not concentrated like that. 
What about um, cost of living? Uh, California's cost of living can be somewhat high, shall we say. Um, what do you know about the cost of living as compared to California? Uh, what's a gallon of gas cost and you know, things like that, the day-to-day? The -day? So right now, right across the street from me at Costco, you can get gas for $1.99 a oh, gallon. You're killing me. So, well, <laughs> I just had some people come from uh, Wisconsin, and their gas was $1.65. So they thought we oh. were high. You know? <laughs> so, you know... Well, they ought to uh, come over here. Uh, Wisconsin said a dollar sixty-five. That is pretty much fifty percent of what it is in California. We're a, in parts of California. We're anywhere from three to three fifty a gallon. Um, yep. So yeah, three thirty a gallon, twice what Wisconsin is. Okay, so gas is cheap, and any I think most people know that gas is cheap outside of California. Um, yep. What other kinds of daily expenses uh, are you know can you use to compare to California? What's it cost, for, you know, for the night on the town or something like that? Well, you know, food's getting expensive. So eating out, you know, I so I just we just went out yesterday, and my wife had a margarita, and I had we shared a plate of food, and then we had a little dessert after it. That was thirty bucks, you know. So, and then then you tip. So you're looking, you know, at forty bucks a meal for a couple, you know, anymore. Okay. Okay. Or under to go out for a decent meal, you know. I'm not talking right. about a McDonald's or Jack in the Box or things like that. I mean, if you're going to go have a sit down, nice meal, you're looking good 20, 30 bucks, you know, for a couple people to go sit down and have a meal. Our groceries, though, are fairly reasonable. There's, you know, you can go to Walmart's probably the best if you can stand to go in that store which I cannot, but, um, you know, we have Kroger out here, and so our groceries are fairly reasonable, and um, I just think our electricity is going up, but it's not too bad. Some people will do solar, and you got to be real careful with solar. We have sun all the time, um, but solar can get a little tricky. You just got to watch your leases, uh, make sure you're getting into a good company that has a good lease on of it, course. So, yes. and it doesn't escalate. And um, so you could do that to offset some of your utilities. Water is, you know, I think water you're gonna you can't. I think sixty, sixty-five bucks in Arizona. We water your water bill usually includes your garbage, you know, and sewer as well. So, you know, other than that, it's pretty good. We we stream a lot here. If you want to get you know, Direct TV or Dish or you know Cox, you know that's going to cost you a little more. To get TV like that, oh, but course, um, you really keep your costs down pretty low here in Arizona. Now okay. I don't know what your taxes are. We're usually like one percent, you know, and that could be a little high of the of a purchase price, you know. So if you buy a two hundred thousand dollar house, you're probably looking at about sixteen to seventeen hundred dollars a year in property taxes. No, uh, that's not too bad. Uh, many states do hover around the one percent rate, and then they, they go yeah. up or down from there. Um, so that, that's not too bad. What, of course, the magic in that is that your your home prices are a little bit lower, um, which is yeah. definitely a draw. Um, so, from Southern California uh, point of view, 
from uh, Los Angeles to San, uh, San Diego, we have home prices ranging, or average home price in a particular area, might be average $700,000 to well over a million dollars. What is your median price or, or average price uh, in your area, in, in the greater Phoenix area? And I'm sure between uh, Scottsdale and, and other places, it probably varies quite a bit, but what kind of examples do you have in, in the average or median price range? So if, if, so if we break it down, like in the West Valley, you're, you're anywhere from, you know, you could be 150 to $200 a square foot, and depending on where you're at. In Scottsdale, that can go quite a bit higher. Um, you know, you can get up to Scottsdale, Fountain Hills, depending where you're at. You can get up into the, you know, $3 million, $5 million price range out there, depending on what you want. But I would say the average, like on the West Valley, it's hard to find a house, you know, at the 200 they almost don't exist anymore, $200,000 houses. So you're pretty much... I'd say in the West Valley, as well as talking about Buckeye, probably the average prices ranges around 225 to 250, and then um, depending on the size of the house, of course. But you can you can go up to um, I have one in escrow for 950 in in the uh, in the northern part of area called Vistancia, which is uh, that's a subdivision in Peoria, North Peoria. So it ranges depending on the house, you know, and then depending on the builder and then all the um, features in the house, too, that's going to that's gonna have an effect on no, it. Of course, absolutely. But you can get some lower-end housing. It, we cash flow. So, you know, you can cash flow out here. And, in fact, I was just talking to an investor today. He's probably going to buy a listing I have in my pocket coming up um, because he's looking for, I said, well, this is what I know this rents for this, you know, 1575 a month and it's an 1800 square foot you know four bedroom house two story but you know that's solid all day long and he can buy I'm going to sell that for about 260,000 wow you know and a $260,000 so, investment in a $1600 a month uh, uh rent rate that's that's darn good yeah that cash flows you know yeah so, very definitely depending on how much you put down stuff like that but yeah you're going to cash flow in there Okay, very good. And I would imagine because it's a big area, developing area, there's plenty of opportunities for townhouses, condos, and things like that. So Arizona, so the town, so yes, we do have that, but that that type of culture, we're not like California. We're more single-family detached. That's where you're going to get your biggest investment, buying a single-family detached as opposed to a townhouse or some type of condo. Uh, duplexes, um, we don't see much of that because we didn't have the zoning for that. And in the areas there, where there was zoning for that, not very desirable. So usually investors, when they come in, they'll buy single-family detached homes. They go up in value more. They're, you know, they're very rentable. What I will say is I think part of the demand during COVID was people wanted their own house, and they only wanted their own single-family detached home, not necessarily a condo. They just didn't want to be around the townhouse structure where they were close to people. They wanted to be separated, you know, and have their own space. And sure. uh, so that's creating the demand. And and not only that, I, I realize, you know, 
the buyers now they want the pool, they want fully functional backyard bar, built-in barbecue pit because they don't want to have to go out if they don't have to. They want their kids to be able to play and do everything they want at the house without having exposure. Correct. And I'm finding that good, you know. So. Okay, good. So uh, what about uh, that new construction we were talking about? Is it, uh, is it meeting demand or is it having difficulty like a, like a lot of parts of the country? How's that working? Yeah, so they, they can't. So there's usually waiting lists now for properties, and um, they can't deliver product on time. They're getting delayed because uh, they can't get the materials or the workers, a combination of things, and it tends to snowball and put delays in delivering the new houses. And like I said, I just sent an email out. I'm looking for some spec inventory, you know, something that falls through um, because I got some clients. They don't like what's on the resale market. There's, it, we'll put it this way. They were looking in Buckeye and Goodyear. They're, they're qualified up to 300000 They want a four-bedroom. And they don't care if it's a two-story or not, but they want a two-car garage. Four houses showed up. And this is a, this area that I'm telling you about, Buckeye and Goodyear and, and Waddell and all that West Valley stuff, only four houses showed up that were possibilities for them. Wow. And I ruled out two of them right away just because I know the construction and the builder and things like that. So, right, right. so we're looking to see if we could find, pick up something on the new-built side as well. So they play by a whole different set of rules because you're getting a brand new house, you're getting brand yes. new water heater, air conditioning, everything. So they they they're they're going to be higher, you know. But they they also should because their product's all brand new, and you have a bumper to bumper warranty for the first year. Absolutely. But they're awesome. In fact, I rented a house, I'm renting a house today to somebody who's building a house out of there, out out in uh, Las Brisas in Goodyear but their house won't be built for eight months. And they're willing to sign a 12-month lease, um, even though, you know, just because they don't know if it's going to get delayed or not. Sure. They just need a place until it's built. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's that, that's a, um, a crapshoot. Uh, not sure if it's really going to happen or not uh, right. you know, on time. Is there any any particular way that you can help an out-of-state buyer with new construction? I mean, they, they come into town and they like what they see and they, they put their money down and it's going to take eight months for it to get built. How how can you help them along in that process or during that process? Well, remember, I have a huge construction background. Yes. And uh, not bragging or anything, but my dad was a legend in the construction business, particularly in the framing framing area. Yeah. And there's a small it's a small group. So there are some builders there. Well I know I'll I'll know the superintendents, the head of construction and stuff from this long term pretty much from my dad. They know these guys, you know, I know these guys and you know, I can help them during the time because it takes a long time to be built and then looking at the type of construction. And and it's changing too. You know the the air conditioning units now, they've, they've got automatic dampeners now, and every room has its own thermostat on it. So the technology is getting better. So I would like to show them those type of features, but also follow them along on construction. And then also doing the punch walkthrough at the very end when they're getting ready to deliver you the product, just going through with blue tape and then making, you know, right. picking out all the imperfections in that and making sure they get, get on top of that and get that done. 
No, that's good, especially with your, your background in construction. That would come in very, very handy and, and really give somebody yep. comfort that, they're, that, that nothing's being missed. When, when yep. they, when they uh, come into town and they say, well, you know, we sold our house, uh, so we don't have a place to, to, to stay and we don't really know the lay of the land, we want to rent for a little while before we figure out what we're going to do. Or we've still got four months to go in, in the construction, we need a place to, to live. Can a buyer find a rental for, for less than a year? Is that possible or is it really tough? That's really tough. So most leases are a year lease. And, um, and the other thing that's really tough, and I don't mean to talk bad about an industry, but property management, that, they can be something else to deal with. You know, um, I'm not a property manager. I, I, I have some landlords that want me to do the tenant screening and write the lease, and I can do all that. I just don't manage the rents that come in. But some of these management companies are really difficult to work with, and they're not very nice. So I would kind of, I could kind of help you navigate through that. But rentals right now, they're in such high demand. And I'll just give you an example. I just listed the two-story that an, an investor bought. Um, exact same house as that other one I was telling you about that I have coming up. And these guys, we bought this property and uh, I listed it. One day I've got over 20 people asking me about it. Now I pretty much already have it rented, and, um, but that's just the demand that I have. I can't even get back to the emails that people are asking me for the applications on them. Wow. It's just overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Well, what has happened is because of our market peaking, the landlords are selling their houses and taking their profits now, you know, that have had these investments. And it's yes. forcing all these people out, and it's creating this huge demand for, for rental housing. Wow. And, yeah. and if, you, if, if the industry can't keep up, whether it's for labor or materials or land, um, that just, that's gasoline on the fire. That's not, uh, that's not a good ending uh, for, for buyers or renters. Uh, yeah, but then they have to turn to apartments, and no one likes to live in an apartment. Right, not, not for long. No. What? So, do you have any um, any advice for out-of-state buyers coming your way? Uh, what they, you know, what do they need to do? How, how can they prepare? How can they approach the whole thing? Well, call me. But um, the 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 one thing is that have a good idea of what you want, and and then I, you know, what what I would do is help help them prepare for reality because I think Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix area had a you know, a big stigma out there of having really low houses. And it's just, we've gone up. We've, we've increased, our, the property values have increased so much during this year that it, it just, it's kind of unbelievable to see it. Just like when I saw the crash, I couldn't believe how low they were going. I can't believe how high they're going now. And um, yeah, so, so that's just a, you know, that's just a man, just be prepared um, because I did have somebody from California sell their house, thought they were going to come out and buy a, you know, $150,000 house in an adult community. And when they came out, they couldn't find, there was nothing on there for them. And it was just shattered their expectations and they'd already sold their house. And what they wanted to do is transition over without a mortgage and pay cash. And, 
when I took them around quickly, they saw that what they had in mind was not matching. So you want to do that before you make a great big move. You want to make sure you, you can see the product and the, of what you want and for the value that you're looking to get or the price you want so you don't hit, get hitting it. You know, just don't sell everything and move. You can do that, but just understand that your reality, I mean, your perception might meet, may not meet the reality of, the, of what's going on out here. Spoken like a teacher. Definitely spoken like a teacher. Uh, you got you got to do your homework. Uh, right. Well, thank you for all of that, Steve. All of it, um, uh, great information and very well said. And from a from a very good perspective and a long long term perspective too. You you've uh, yep. you've been working that for many many years. I I just. I love learning about all the different agents in our, our network, and you and I have broken bread a number of times. It's good to have a long conversation yep. with you. And uh, I love le learning more about your area and all the different, um, different things that you can do and the ways that you can represent people. So thank you very much for joining us today. I truly appreciate your time, and I hope you enjoyed being on the show as well. I did. Thank you so much, Dick. My pleasure. I look I'm forward sure. to seeing you soon. Y yes, uh, we're coming your way in the spring, doggone it. I think it's May 1st, actually, coming right into Absolutely. your backyard there. Very much looking forward to that. And I hope we enjoy a, a meal together when we're out there. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, of course, for the rest of the year, best wishes uh, for a productive rest of the year and a safe rest of the year as well. So um, thank you again, and take care of yourself. All right. Thank you, Dick. Thank you. All right. Take care, Steve. Bye-bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Steve Padilla from Greater Phoenix area in Arizona. And you can tell he is an experienced professional, one of many that we've been talking with on this show, but a, an experienced professional from the Greater Phoenix area and ready to help you land on both feet, whether it's new construction or existing homes that you're looking to buy. Uh, if you would like me to introduce you to Steve formally, please feel free to contact me and I will be happy to hook you guys up. And to understand the value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, take a listen to the first episode of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource, and it's at the bottom of the list. Um, you may need to click on the older episodes link, but it's called the Eyes West Resource, episode number one, and it'll really help you understand why it's important to be connected uh, uh, by good agents throughout the West. To learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout Southern California and California in general who can help you in areas that I don't serve, and I can hook you up with them as well. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, be good, be well, and be safe. Take care now. Bye-bye.